0: Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco!
1: Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend, celebrating the holiday here in the States. There was some good boxing on Friday and Saturday. Let's just say there was some good boxing on uh, this weekend. I won't say what days because there was some shit boxing mixed in, you know, sprinkled in uh, as well. (laughs) So plenty of quantity this weekend to be available. We'll try to break down the quality of it. For you guys,
0: yeah, there was definitely some weird stuff going on this weekend. uh A lot of fights that, when I skimmed through them, they just nothing caught my eye where I was like, "Oh, I need to rewind this and soak in the whole thing." But yeah, we'll break them all down for everybody. So let's go on ahead and uh, dive on into it.
1: Michael Conlin, thirty-one years old, coming in at eighteen and one versus Luis Alberto Lopez, twenty-nine years old, coming in at twenty-seven and two. <laughs> Now, first thing I'll say about this fight, Franco, is kudos to the people of Belfast because they showed up and they were amped up. They loved their their whole town hero. They were there from the early fights all the way to the main event, and yeah. it was electric you know, kudos to the people of, of Ireland for showing up. There was the fight last weekend in Dublin. I think Katie Taylor fought in Dublin mm-hmm. and that was absolutely electric too. So kudos to the boxing fans uh, over there in Ireland. You do have some fun boxers, so I don't blame you for showing up in masses and supporting them. But I, I don't think uh, you enjoyed the outcome of the this main event because no. <laughs> Conlon started fast, you know? In the first round, I was like, oh, this is this is going to be fun. You know, he was moving, he was sticking his jab, you know, Lopez just looked awkward. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be Conlon's night. He's going to get his championship. And then it all changed in the second round when Lopez it was still awkward, but he started landing and he was landing to the body too, where yeah. some really good shots for anybody that didn't watch this. I'm sure you saw the highlights because the knockout that came in the fifth Conlon ducks down right into an uppercut. All right. Yeah. So, he almost helped uh, add some some torque to the shot that knocked him out. I think the towel had hit the mat before Conlon was even done hitting the mat. You know, because <laughs> it came in immediately. So it made me think that in their corner, they already didn't like what they were seeing. For sure. He was getting his ass kicked for a couple rounds before the fifth. So like third and fourth, he, it was not looking good for Conlon. And yeah. I think they told him in the corner, hey, if you get in trouble, we're stopping this. And mm-hmm. I think they made the right choice because their their guy was not in this fight.
0: Yeah, I really like Michael Conlon, and so to see him lose in front of his hometown crowd, that was kind of a, a bummer. But Luis Alberto Lopez is he's the Mexican fighter, so I'm not even going to hide my my homerism. I was totally rooting for him to upset Conlon on his home turf. So when it did happen, I was I was going crazy for it. But the crowd was not as soon as that towel hit the mat that whole crowd went from chanting and screaming the whole time and then it was just silence silence in the arena yeah
1: you could hear a pin drop at that point
0: yeah it was completely insane now when the fight started there had already been 10 fights before this now luckily on tv uh for our feed that we could see it started at like with five fights left or something like that. So there weren't a lot of fights left. Uh, otherwise, eleven fights. Like, how the hell do you show up and sit through eleven fights? That's a ton of fights in a night. But the fact that this crowd still had that much energy when it came time for the main event was amazing. And when the fighters came out, Conlon came out to this uh, this really slow song called Grace. It's like, a, don't know, it's an Irish whatever, and then it flipped when the song ended, like the whole crowd was singing along and then it turned into like bad 90s rave music, like Blade was going to show up or something, and then Conlon went to the ring. Lopez comes out and it's mariachi music, so we already know for it's it's a rap, you know, like that's it's it's not going to go well and then on top of it, it, it's a song that's specific to the area that Lopez, like the area of Mexico that he's from, it would Mm -hmm. be like if we came out to a chicago artists or whatever you know what i mean like right some, sweet home chicago yeah 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 someone from new york coming out with the bc boys wrapping them down to the ring like that's that's what this was and he he looked so excited to be in this fight that when they did the ring announcement and they were saying all of his stuff he was mouthing it along yes saying his own name i loved all of it it's like this dude is just enjoying the moment he's living in the moment and it made me like him even more i agree about the awkwardness he had like a weird lunging punch that i kept thinking oh shit like he's going to get caught off guard because he was really lunging with it It wasn't a jab it was just this straight shot that he kept throwing but he was leaving himself wide open and i'm thinking man lopez is going to catch one on the side of his head and that's going to be a wrap and then it worked by the third round conlin i don't want to say he was out of gasp but he wasn't right. Like his legs weren't right. Something was wrong. Fourth round, even worse. And so, yeah, in, in that fifth round, he ended up uh, he ended up going down. That towel came in. That was the end of the fight. I was glad to see him stand up afterwards. I was yes. worried, which I think the crowd was worried. I'm looking forward to still seeing both of these guys. And I can't say that for all the fighters that I saw this weekend.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And like you were saying, in the third round is where Conlon kind of got hurt. That's when stuff started to unravel. And I think if the third round was, I don't know, 10 seconds longer, there would have been a knockdown in that round. I'm not, you know, so people that didn't watch the fight know kind of how hurt he was in that round. And then in the fourth, I was like, Lopez is dropping his hands inviting shots from Conlon. Yeah. And was just faster to the counter. Like once Conlon would go to throw a shot, he'd just counter and. I don't blame Colin be like, all right, uh, maybe I don't want to throw punches. This is uh, working out poorly for me. Yeah, he never really kind of gained any momentum after that third round. So Jamal Herring and uh, I forget who else was on it. I thought they had a good call of this fight. You know, it was frustrating that we kept getting oh technical technical difficulties. We'll uh, yeah. You know- We'll get it fixed as fast as possible. You know, it was during, you know, like the second round, that was a closer round. Then in the fourth round, again, where you were like, all right, this fight could be over by the time they fix these technical difficulties. And luckily, they got it fixed. Fifth round, less than a minute into the fifth round, the fight was over. So maybe if there was more live action, they would have had more technical difficulties. But- yeah. Uh, they were able to survive that. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the ESPN crew on this. Uh, I forget the, the woman's name that was calling it with Jamal Herring, but I enjoyed it. So kudos to those guys. Lopez is fun. I I hope he goes for unifications against, you know, Lee Wood, who we'll talk about in a minute. You know, whoever else has got uh, a belt at 126. I'm certainly looking forward to these dudes. Conlon's not done. You know, this is his, no. his second loss. It is his second loss by dramatic knockout. So he's got to regroup and see what's going on. But like you said, I'm happy that he's okay. They tell us all the time that you can't play boxing. And we prove them wrong every episode with our segment called Playing Boxing. There was a lot going on this weekend, Franco. There was a Most Valuable Prospects show on friday on the zone for anybody who didn't see the highlights of this shoot me a message on twitter and i'd be more than happy to send you the video <laughs> of the worst fight i've literally ever seen in my life this this dude went from it was his professional debut and i'm putting professional in quotes because there's nothing professional about this dude i literally think If you pass by any schoolyard and see a fight, you're going to see better form than this guy had. It was (laughs) ridiculous how bad this guy was and how, how bad he was, was almost what threw the other boxer off. He's like, am I really supposed to be fighting this dude? You know, like, I think my daughters have better form when they're fighting each other than this guy had. I want to, I want (laughs) to give you the name. So if anybody doesn't have it, it was absolutely incredible. And not all the fights on that card were shit, but... (laughs) but that one certainly was it was Giovanni Lewis versus Carlos Ray Ramirez Ray Ramirez you know was using the swatting bugs technique as his boxing stance when the fight was stopped it looked like he was crying like it literally looked like he had buried his head on the rope and was weeping it's much watch footage because i can't believe that it was actually a sanctioned fight but then on the rest of that card there was there were some good fights dan canabio was on the call on those ones with paul Malinaji, who was fine and i forget the other gentleman's name that was on that call but the three of them did it did a good job there were some fine fights there was a kid from uh chicago that Ooh. ended up losing um oh. <laughs> quiet storm was his name because he's actually a deaf boxer oh. and the ref basically had to tackle him at the end of most of the rounds because guess what you can't hear the bell You don't know when to stop. So the ref would give him a signal at 10 10 seconds left, and then he would kind of jump in between, let him know that the round was over. But it was cool to see, uh, you know, another Chicago kid in the ring. Yeah, then Saturday we had Lee Wood versus Mauricio Lara. That was kind of a snooze fest as far as action goes. Yeah. I'd say kudos to Lee Wood because... He did exactly what he needed to do in order to win his title back. He was not going to survive a firefight with Mauricio Lara. And then I'll say this about Mauricio Lara. Don't come in overweight, asshole. Like, Way overweight. Yeah. You don't you don't have a lot of jobs as a boxer, but if you want to be a pro and you want to be a champ, show up at the contracted weight. Don't show up four pounds over. Mm-hmm. He came in basically as a as 130-pounder. If you're listening going like, oh, well, that's not that big a deal. Four pounds is a big deal when there's only four pounds between you and the next weight class, you know? So it was unprofessional and because he couldn't make weight, I was rooting for wood in this one. (laughs) It came through. Uh, I, I will say this. I was watching on the edge of my seat, all 12 rounds because all Lara needed was one, just like the last time to end it. You could be up uh, 11 rounds to none and then you you land the knockout punch in the 12th and you you're all of a sudden the winner. So kudos to Lee Wood. I thought you had zero chance in this. I w- was clearly wrong. So was it awesome to watch? No, it wasn't. No. But I I see the skill and you were able to come up with a game plan to get your belt back. And I'm sure you didn't care that I didn't love the style of it. You wanted the belt. You got it. And I'm happy that you got the belt. So kudos to you.
0: Yeah, I was super disappointed in Mauricio Lara. Not only did he come in overweight, he looked like shit. He was just kind of sluggish. Right. He wasn't moving well. His footwork looked like trash. He looked like he didn't even want to be there. I hope that there isn't something else going on because that's almost what it looked like. Like if something was going on like in his personal life or something that just... In a in a mental capacity, he wasn't prepared for this fight, but also physically, which could have affected his camp. Maybe just had a shitty camp, but he looked like trash in this fight. Now he won last time against Lee Wood, and Lee Wood was swearing up and down that he was going to win this time. And I thought he looked great. You know, he he put Lara down with like thirty seconds left in uh round two. Now, uh,
1: did you see any push in that? Because well, there was on the, re- on the replay. I was like, the one that was scored a knockdown. Yeah. I was like, well, a punch landed and then he pushed too. So, again, I don't care because I was rooting for Lee Wood, but I thought that, you know, the commentators were so hard, were so into rooting for Lee Wood that they didn't even give that a mention. And I thought it deserved a mention.
0: I thought it should have been two knockdowns. There was one before it that they did score as a push. Lee Wood punched Lara. Lara kind of got spun around and then tripped over Lee Wood's foot, kind of, and went down. But the reason he got spun around was because he, he ate a monster punch, got swung around and dropped. That one they counted as a push. And then there was the second one.
1: That's that a they delicious did drink to order poolside. The monster punch. It's monster so punch. good. <laughs> <laughs> but when he, when he put him down the second time, I
0: was like, good, give it to him because... He was beating the hell out of him. I thought that I was surprised that it went the distance at the end of the day, just because of how it looked earlier. But Lee Wood's jab is beautiful, and he used it to his advantage. So, you know, if, if you find something that works for you, You know, like double dribble back in the day where you could go up to the corner and shoot that like fadeaway jumper and hit the three pointer and never miss. Why wouldn't you just keep doing that? So that's what he did. He just kept hitting that jumper from the corner and he ended up winning the fight. So I was I was happy with that one. Now, speaking of bad fights, you did send me that one from Thursday. That was definitely the worst fight I've ever seen, but Uh almost as bad to open up the Belfast undercard, uh, the one with Michael Conlon and uh, Luis Alberto Lopez, there was a fight with a gentleman by the name of Pierce O'Leary, and he fought against Aline Florine Cioceri. Cioceri, Cioceri. Oh, easy for you to say. Yeah, Aline Florine Cioceri. Aline Florine Cioceri is seventeen and three. This dude was trash. He got his ass beat now maybe pierce o'leary is that good and he's a world beater maybe i hope he is because i love having a new fighter to keep an eye open for but whatever aline florine uh (laughs) was so terrible he got dropped by a left hook to the head and just he looked like shit and it lasted maybe a minute i don't think it even cleared the first minute of the fight and the whole thing was over and it right away i was like oh my god am i just gonna see Horrible fights all weekend. Fritz, <laughs> Fritz tweets me this one fight and then I'm watching this one. It was so bad. Now, nobody needs to go back and watch it. But the fact that there were so many bad cards or bad fights on the undercards was a little bit disappointing, especially because I like that Michael Conlin Luis Alberto fight so much that then everything else, I was kind of like, oh man, this, this sucks. Uh, now, the one that I know you did watch was Alexis Rocha and Anthony Young. I'm curious to see what you thought of that one.
1: I saw just the highlights of that and I'm still not sure who, you know, Alexis Rocha is. Is is he a world beater or is he just a guy that's going up against these also rans? You know what I mean? Like Mm. He's been fun to watch, and I'll I'll just keep you know checking out his status. But I don't, I can't say that he's been going up against top ten contenders any of the sanctioning bodies. So if I'm wrong there, let me know. But I like him, but I just don't know if what I'm watching yet.
0: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Not so much shitting on Alexis Rocha, but yeah, Anthony not. Young, the guy that he fought, really wasn't anything exciting. First of all, he had that dumb fur trim on the side of his trunks, so out the gate i already hate this guy like (laughs) i hate those trunks he comes out with the black fur trim it looks stupid
1: and then kill the muppet to make your shorts it's yeah
0: it's the worst and then he's getting down he got dominated the entire fight and was complaining about every goddamn thing so he would like bend down like basically expose the back of his head and then complain about getting hit in the back of the head and then he would uh you know eat a shot that was maybe not low but you know to the body and he's complaining about that like he was complaining about everything that he possibly could and after a while it's like fuck this guy you know, you know what it reminded me of though you know when you you're really excited to do something because you've gotten good at it so like in your case it might be comedy like you have a joke that you've written and mm-hmm. you know it's going to be gold and then you go out there you perform the joke it goes over well, but then the next comedian that comes out just has an entire set that crushes from beginning to end, and you're like, "Oh shit, a real one just showed up." That's right. what this fight felt like. Like Anthony Young is good; he's probably really excited. He's been working in the gym, and then Alexis Rocha showed up and was like, "I'm sorry, daddy's home now." Like, right. let me just beat the shit out of you. And I don't, I don't ever need to see Anthony Young box. Ever again, if he comes up, I'm probably going to skip it only because the complaining was so ridiculous. But Alexis Rocha, yeah, you know, he's 23 and one now and I'll, you know, it's somebody it's another name that when he finally fights, somebody will be like, oh yeah, this guy's good and he's finally fighting somebody good, but we need him to fight somebody good because Anthony
1: Young was not somebody good or exciting to watch. Yeah. Is it going to be another Jaime McGill where he keeps racking up wins, but it's against guys we've never heard of, you know? It's funny you brought up the complaining. Did you see Jack Catterall versus Foley on the DAZN card before Lee Wood? I did not. Okay. So Catterall was the one that got robbed when he fought Josh Taylor, all right, for the undisputed 140-pound championship. He faces off against Foley. I forget Foley's first name. It was a good fight in the fact that Foley definitely had the wanted, all right? He's just a step too slow, Mm -hmm. but the chin is there, the wanted is there, there's good form. Foley was a fun dude to watch, but then in the ninth round, Foley complains that he gets hit too low. And the ref's like, no, you didn't. You know, he's like bent over, trying to say that his nuts hurt. He's like, no, fight on. That was there was no low blow. Then uh, Jack Catterall could just comes over and starts unloading. And within a couple seconds after the complaining of the low blow fully hits the mat with just a beautiful left, like right to the chin. It was. Cr- I love the fact that you know we've seen people be like, oh, that was low, and then they'll you know walk it off and actual stop this one the ref's like no fuck you man that wasn't low get in, get in there and beat his ass for complaining you know like that's basically <laughs> what was going on and then in the 10th round there was a low blow all right it's like oh no um, foley was like pushing catterall down and he you know he throws a punch while getting pushed down and it lands like square on foley's dick and the ref's like <laughs> all right that one that one was certainly low so it was a fun fight catterall is is uh is a good boxer i I'd still love to see him get the shot at fighting Josh Taylor again. Thought it was kind of chicken shit that Taylor took the Teofimo Lopez fight instead of uh, rematching against Caterall. Terry Harper defended her belt on that undercard, and it was kind of a very okay fight. You know, I I like Terry Harper, but she had kind of a, a... A replacement that only had a week's notice and the girl who only had a week's notice still made her work for it so i'm not sure what's next for terry harper but it maybe she just wasn't prepared for this woman this wasn't her her best weekend. I'll just say that.
0: Gotcha. Now, coming up, we do not have a lot next weekend, correct? I know there's the uh, Clarissa Shields fight. Right. But other than that, is there anything else? And the only thing I've seen of any kind of interest was somebody on that undercard. I can't even remember. Or maybe it was, it was either on the undercard or it's who Shields was supposed to face, got pulled out of the fight because of a medication that she put on her dog. Right. And yeah. it's like the old, my substance. dog ate
1: my homework.
0: Yeah. 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 Like literally that's the excuse that they're trying to use. Uh, but other than that,
1: I'm not sure that there's a lot going on. Right. Yeah. No. June 1st, uh, there's a card in montreal nobody nobody really of note but i'll check it out and if there's something to uh cover there we will uh cover it and then like you said june 3rd in detroit is you know clarissa shields going for her middleweight titles so yeah if we don't get enough you know, we just we just punt uh, a week and, you know, bring back the action the following week, because June 8th, Emmanuel Flores versus Walter Santabinus. Josh Taylor and Teofimo Lopez. And that's in Vegas, I believe. Uh, New York.
0: Oh, OK. So it'll be a very Teofimo heavy crowd. We'll see a lot of Puerto Rican flags. Fat Joe will probably be in the second row. I'm calling all these things now.
1: Pardon me. And yeah, and Xander Zayas is on that uh undercard. So that'll be good. Robinson Ken Six Howe was on the undercard. Uh so plenty to cover on that June 10th weekend. Yeah, so maybe we just mix in you know the two weekends together. Yeah, we won't see you for uh a week, Punch Maniacs, but uh we'll uh we'll we'll go deep on that uh June 10th weekend. And if there's anything great from the weekend coming up the first second third you know we'll we'll definitely sneak it in for our june 10th episode so i don't know if you don't have anything else frank i'm throwing in the towel
0: thank you for listening to punches and punchlines make sure to like subscribe and follow and we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor